Happy New Year. It's Graham Norton here. Thank you for listening to my Virgin Radio podcast with Waitrose. This weekend, oh, it was all about the actors, yes. Whoopi Goldberg in a new film, Till. I caught up with her to find out more. Aidan Turner and Jenna Coleman, uh, they told us all about the West End production Lemons, 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 Lemons. And Alex Kingston joined us to talk about The Tempest at the RSC. I know. Show chef Martha kicks us off with some dishes for 2023. And it's a new year, which means guess the guest is back and we're putting our heads together to solve your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. Here's Maria to kick us off. It's a new year, same old. Maria. Hello. Well, that's rude, same old. <laughs> Very lovely, as good, cheery. As good as always. As good as always, Thank Maria. Thank you, yeah. that's better. <laughs> HNY to you and yours. Uh, yes, uh, did you do anything for the actual NY bit? <laughs> no, I do. I try and avoid the NY because um, I find it a bit anticlimactic, and there's such pressure to have a good time, and then people want to kiss you, and that's. Um, so no, I did dog sitting. I dog sat for many, many gays dogs. It was like a. I was like Barbara Woodhouse. That's an old. Oh, did you put me. small? Did you put small party hats on the dogs? <laughs> um, what do you think, Graham? Oh, and then you poured them glasses of poor Secco. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what's happened to you? Who even are you this morning? <laughs> no, because you can't, you're, that is a thing. You can get Prosecco. I don't doubt it for a moment. I'm too busy clearing up wee and poo if you want to know the truth oh, for dear. poor Seco. Well, they haven't trained their dogs very well, have they? No. Well, exactly. That's the gaze all over, frankly, isn't poor it? Seco, poor Seco, poor Seco. It's like sparkling gravy. <laughs> sparkling gravy, that's very good. Have you, tried, must, have you actually tried it? I must get on to Waitrose. I'm sure, I'm sure I can do a line of sparkling gravies. Well, exactly, because you do other sparkling things, so get on the <laughs> sparkling gravy, gravy for dogs. Oh, get on the sparkling gravy boat. <laughs> eh, very good. Graham I'm Norton's career takes a no, no dive. And what did you do for your NY? Well, I hate, well, I hate to admit it, but we were supposed to be going to a, a dinner party um, and uh, COVID struck. So that didn't happen. And I can't lie, I was secretly delighted. Uh, oh, so that's lovely. Isn't that lovely when somebody cancels and you oh, just There's think, nothing oh, nicer yes, than making pajamas. plans that are then cancelled. Oh, that's the loveliest thing, isn't it? Where you've agreed, you said, I'm going. And then you don't have to. Oh, lovely. Mm. Yes. So, so did you just spend the evening in your pyjamas watch, watching your own show, indeed, on the television box? I couldn't watch my own show because I was not in this country. I was abroad. Oh, that's right. That's right. I well, I can tell you, I mean, even though you were there, I can tell you that you were wearing a very adorable sparkly jacket. And I wish to know what the fabric was, please. <laughs> Do you know, I, I have no recollection... <laughs> No, I know you can't remember yesterday. Let alone. I I do know. I do know that last night on the telly, I was wearing a green suit because a lot of people commented on it, and it was from Paul Smith. There you go. So, yeah. Ah, very yeah. good. I haven't seen last night's yet. Um, how are you finding January? I was talking to a psychologist friend of mine, Graham, oh, yes. who said what we must do is embrace the interior. We must embrace being inside. You know, we're so kind of programmed to be out and about. And, you know, we can still have those lovely days. But when it's horrible and raining and windy, embrace the interior and have projects like little, um, you know, painting furniture, for example, or, you know, small DIY projects or reading five books by the end of 
February. You know, we must kind of like give ourselves goals in order to get through the next couple of months, which are dreary. Nobody's got any money in January and we've even got less money now. We've got even less money um, because of everything being so expensive. So we've got to do the embracing of inside. Yes, well, I must say, I think books is a good idea. Like, I've got a few books that I got for Christmas and they're now on a coffee table. I think I'm go I am going to read those. I mean, some of them. Did you get but... any any essential presents? That I I got a sort of musical singing nun. I don't know how I've lived without that previously, but that was. One Do, of my does presents. she like being in your house? <laughs> <laughs> she not real, Graham. Don't oh, be so I foolish. See. Oh, I see. Don't be so foolish. You wind her up. I can't identify <laughs> the song. I must shazam it, but that's not very high on my list of things to do. <laughs> Did you get any useless things? Um, Porsecco, for example. Oh, a crate of Porsecco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sales of Porsecco are going to go up. You know Virgin listeners are going to buy that for their dogs now. They're going, did you hear what Graham said? You can get a thing called Porsecco. Uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't made it up. Maybe I dreamt it, but I'm pretty new. I, th I think I've had a bottle of Porsecco in my house. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maria, have you got some letters? Do you know, it's surprising I know, but I have. I have two of the things. You are so Organized. I can't wait to hear what they are. Virgin Radio. I'm going to read you a letter forthwith. Dear, dear Graham and Maria, last year I started dating someone I really liked and developed feelings I haven't felt since my last relationship ended four years ago. He broke up with me just before Christmas. He acknowledged that we had great chemistry, tons in common, and always had a good time together. But while he really cares about me, he said he didn't feel it in his heart. He said he'd felt this for about a week before we broke up. This was a shock, as his words and actions suggested otherwise. Though I was shocked and bewildered, I've managed to bounce back quite well, and am busily planning my year ahead. All that said... I can't help feeling that I let him go too easily. I noticed when we spoke about our feelings that he was avoidant with his emotions and I can't help but think he started to feel something for me and so pushed me away. He wants to keep in contact, so do you think I should keep in touch and discuss my feelings with him or should I accept it at face value and move on? I'm struggling to fully accept that the relationship has ended, so I need to decide what to do, but I'm torn, like Natalie and Brulia. Mm. And that is from Helen in Stoke. Oh, Helen in Stoke. First of all, well done for getting on with your life and busily planning your year ahead. Not being in the sort of, uh, you know, the circle of sorrow, as it were, is a great step forward. The second thing is... Helen in Stoke, you did not let him go. He let you go. So, I mean, in a way, I, it, I know these choices are terrible and he made the choice and now you're having to suffer the consequences, but it was him who made this decision. So you use this term avoidant, which is quite a sort of psycho therapist term it's sort of about attachment, insecure adult attachment style is avoidant. I mean, whatever's going on with this guy, um, yes, that could well be it. But if you want to be with this man, and frankly, if he is an avoidant uh, attachment style fella, I wouldn't want to be with him. But you're not going to do anything to change how he feels. He's got to think of it himself. I mean, you said he was, you know, you always had fun, you had lots in common, the chemistry was there. You know, we're all thinking, what 
else is there, really? What was going on? He didn't feel it in his heart. If he's going to feel it in his heart and miss you, don't be the annoying person saying, oh, I've got some more feelings to discuss. Uh, can you call me? <laughs> just, just wait. Just wait. He will realise, perhaps, hopefully, that what he's let go, he is now missing. But you must not do anything. You must carry on getting on with your life, meeting other people. And it may well be that when you find somebody else, you'll think, oh, he was just, you know, too annoying and boring. And I'd have had problems with him in the future, which you possibly will. But you must sit tight, do nothing. Probably don't stay in touch. Or if he texts you, leave it a while, do all of that. I know it's games playing. But this is how you must proceed. You must not whimper and whine and say, I have, you know, something else to tell you. Uh, Graham, what do you feel? You may feel something completely different. Well, not really. I mean, I just think, Helen, he dumped you before Christmas and you, you, you as you know, the thing is, if you badger him, maybe he will go on a date with you again and maybe you might even start going out again. But then he'll just dump you again. So you might as well accept this dumping and get over this one rather than have another dumping uh, in three months' time. I, ju- I just think, you know, and all I see what he's doing. He's trying to be nice. And he's, you know, saying, oh, I didn't feel it in my heart. Oh, whatever. And then the... He'd, <laughs> yeah, I he'd, feel that too. And then, and then whatever. And then he'd like to stay in contact with blah, blah, blah. No, he doesn't really want to stay in contact with you. He's just trying to be nice, Helen. So let him... You know, let him... Look, he... Whatever. He got out and he hasn't strung you along. It it sounds like it was quite brief, this relationship, even though you found yourself developing feelings. And it is is confusing when these things come from a boat from the blue, when you're having a lovely time, a laugh and a holler, and it's all great and you've got chemistry and you're thinking, this is going great, guns, and then suddenly that person turns around and goes, oh, by the way, this is over. Then that is a shock and it's quite hard for the, the, the person who's surprised to accept it but that's what you must do because he's not making it up i don't he's not playing games he's not doing, he's 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 kind of done the decent thing in that he really he wasn't feeling it whether it was in his heart or elsewhere we don't know but he wasn't <laughs> and uh, he's out of he's out of dodge so helen uh, i think you you kind of know you sort of know that you are now you know, out there by yourself looking for someone else because this isn't the guy. Even, as I say, even if you did manage to kind of uh, have some sort of, you know, ex- extension on on the uh, on the relationship, it's still uh, over. Whatever, whatever, it's over. So don't don't it's, don't prolong that. It's hard to hear this, Helen, in Stoke. I think because you wrote to us, and I think you wanted us to say, mm, you know, something else. But both of us are saying the same thing. You know, you're doing well. You've got over it. You're planning your year. Hey, there's a whole new year, a whole new world. More people out there. Somebody who will appreciate you more. Yeah, and people do. You know, people who break up do get back together again. Yeah, um, and if that happens, it happens. But I don't think you can do anything about it, Helen. And and if he does come back and kind of going, oh, should we try again? I regret it. Be very, very, very cautious about saying yes. You know, don't go, oh, hurrah, my dreams are true. Your dreams haven't come true. <laughs> uh, you you might just be heading into some sort of relationship nightmare. So I'm... it sounds like he needs to do a little bit of work on himself. If you if you tell us that he's avoiding feelings and emotions, etc. And can you be bothered with that, Helen? No. No. 
No, 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 no. Uh, he doesn't feel it in his heart. That's the thing. No. Uh, the responses, part one. And my favourite responders today will be getting a bottle of Thomas and Scott Naughty Sparkling Rosé from Waitress. Uh, now, uh, Naughty is as in, not as in bad child, as in, it's a more like nothing, you know, N-O-U-G-H-T. Because this is alcohol-free sparkling rosé. It's organic, it's vegan. And a lot of these kind of, those alcohol-free things are really sugary. This isn't. I read with interest. Only 18 calories a glass. <laughs> you practically lose weight drinking it. Uh, so that's it. You get a bottle of Thomas & Scott Naughty Sparkling Rosé, courtesy of Waitrose. Uh, what did you think? Uh, Georgie in Oakham. Helen, he is being honest with you, so you must listen. Cut all ties with him and go on to have an amazing life without him. You are worth more. Stuart needs. What a great time to split up. Return his Christmas gifts and spend the money on an awesome treat in your 2023 plans. In reality, he will always have these uncertainties. And so you can take a moment to reflect on what a catch you are. And when it's the right time, find someone ready to make the commitment you deserve. And that's the thing. If someone's being wishy-washy and that you... Even if you kind of stay with them, it's so exhausting. It's really not worth it. Danielle in West Sussex puts it so well. Don't flog a dead horse. <laughs> and then moving, moving her metaphor on, she goes, that ship has sailed and may never find a dock. Move on, avoid someone genuine in 2023. Uh, G in Warwickshire. I've been at both ends of this. I suggest letting him go. The first time I was the dumper, I wanted to stay in touch, be friends for her sake. However, it was never going to happen. The second time, I was the one dumped and wanted to make another go of things. I couldn't let go. A close, trusted friend told me that it was better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. She was right. Time to move on, girl. Oh, sweet, very thoughtful, nice advice. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give that bottle of uh, Thomas and Scott Naughty Sparkling Rosé uh, to G in Warwickshire. Because being through the mill. Been through the mill. Uh, deserves an 18 calorie a glass drink. That's what you. Uh, that's what you want. Graham Sky. I was singing into my microphone, and our sound engineer Anar said, "No, don't sing." <laughs> Please, <laughs> I'm not paid enough to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to read you the second of our New Year. Uh, problems. Marvellous. Guides. Dear Graham and Maria, I moved out of London two years ago to a rural location and live in a house on the edge of a green in a very small hamlet. Mm. I've always been very friendly to people when I see them walking my dog. I put Christmas cards through the letterbox of every single house the first year I was here and so on. In the summer, it was my 50th, and I had a big party in my garden. I got permission from the people who own the green to park cars on it, and I popped a note through everyone's door again saying I was having a party in three months' time and apologising in advance for the noise. I have now heard from a friend who lives on the green that there have been lots of snippy comments from some people in the village, including a couple who only moved in a year after me. I feel quite upset by this, but also cross. I don't expect to be asked to all their parties. 
brackets. In fact, the couple that I mentioned had a party the same day and asked all the village except for me. Well, they knew you were having a party. I can't really see what I can do about this, but I really want to try and shake it off, as this is where I hope to live for a long time. Some people have been absolutely fine with it. Maybe this is just village life. And that is from Mary in Norfolk. Mary in Norfolk, you have hit the nail on the head. I mean, village life, whenever you get to, you know, the smaller you go, the more of a microcosm of the rest of life it all becomes. It's a sort of divide and conquer element, I think, to small communities. And I think, you know, it is small. You've done all the right things. You haven't done anything wrong. So I would just say, remain the same cheery soul that you always have been since you moved into the village, because it's like somebody else shortly will be on the naughty step instead of you. There will always be someone that is being talked about because by the sounds of it in your Hamlet, Mary, not much is going on. So <laughs> gossip, as we know, is a great form of currency. And this is what people are using. Did you hear? She had a party. She parked all they, they parked all their cars on the green and they were all really horrible cars as well. Very cheap. All of that, you know, it's everything about that. So you have to rise above it. As Michelle Obama said, when they go low, you go high. Rise above it. You're a nice person. You say hello to everybody. You want to stay in this Hamlet. Just let it go. If they haven't got anything else in their lives other than still talking about your party, uh, then really that's their problem, not yours. And as for the couple that didn't invite you, be extra kind to them. Be extra nice to them and maybe, you know what I like to say, make them a cake, Mary in Norfolk. <laughs> um, Graham, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. They think they're trash talking you now. Wait till the cake shows up. And then this thing arrived on the doorstep. Uh, I, you know what I fascinates me about this is the friend who lives on the green who told yes, Mary. Who is she? And also, why did you think Mary wanted to hear that? Shut up. Like, just, you know, Mary... Because was... it's currency. You pass it all back and forth. It's like Chinese whispers. The smaller the place, the more crazy yeah. the Chinese whispers get. I mean, also, one of the things that might have annoyed people was getting that note... Uh, three months before the party, saying, I'm having a party, it's going to be noise, I do apologise in advance, or, and in brackets, but kind of on said was, oh, by the way, you're not coming. Like, it's a bit weird to tell everyone. I know, I, I think because I it is she, a small... She, yes, she did the right thing, but I, I wonder if there's a, whether there was a slightly better way of doing it than a kind of, you know, a note kind of saying, you are cordially not invited to a party in three months' time. I mean, I wonder how big this Hamlet is, because if you're giving cards to everybody and saying good morning, it doesn't sound like it's very big at all. So it could have been that you invited an extra 15 people, Mary, and um, then you'd have, you know, been the belle of the ball, as it were. But actually, you know what? You wouldn't. They'd have come to your party and they would have nitpicked about, mm, it wasn't even champagne, it was Prosecco. And Borsecco. it was from one of... <laughs> Porsecco, yes. Porsecco for dogs. She served us Porsecco, can you believe it? So, you know... No, it's a, a no-win situation, but in the future, I think it might be good for you to host something that everybody is invited to. They probably won't come, yeah. but the, it's the intention, I think. And also, I think, here's the thing, Mary, you're not going to get involved with everyone in this village, but don't start kind of rifts, don't start kind of feuds with anyone, but do... Stay, just be friends with the people. You say at the end of your letter that, you know, there's people who are fine with it. Uh, so talk to them. Be friends with them. And, you know, because you don't, like I say, you don't need to be 
good pals with everyone in this village uh, because, you know, clearly some of them are, you know, not the nicest people. So d don't worry about them. Just get on with your own and life. And say to your friend who, who's, who actually told you this, repeated this information, you know, put an embargo on village gossip. Just say, I really don't want to get involved in village gossip because, you know, it's a spiral of despair. We will all go down and we'll get sucked into this black hole. So let's, you know, keep the conversation about other things because you do want to stay there and you don't want resentments to build up and this is exactly what's happened so she should have kept her mouth shut frankly yes and and for future just don't get involved that is the way forward yeah and just have a smile on your face still say hello to everyone when you're out walking your dog you know just you know rise above it uh i and, and and focus on the good people focus on the people who are fine with you and don't have a problem with you because you know life's too short to bother about the other people the responses part two and again my favorite responder will be getting a bottle of that thomas and scott naughty sparkling rose alcohol free organic vegan sparkling rose mm, 18 calories a glass uh, right lynn from the Wirral says mary if they're still talking about your party it must have been a good one why not plan another one that's a good idea yeah Get past it. Uh, oh, lovely. It's better to seek forgiveness than permission. Enjoy village life. They're only jealous. Darren in a small village in Rutland. <laughs> Is it better to seek forgiveness than permission? I don't know. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, just do it and then go so sorry afterwards. Yeah, yeah, well done. Please. Please, this is a plea from Cleo and Rochford, please stop worrying about what other people think. There's a great expression, I'm too busy tending to my own lawn to notice yours is greener. Focus on you, the things you love, and be polite and friendly with your neighbours. But you can't make people like you. Just be yourself and genuine potential, and genuine potential friends will find you. Good luck. Uh, Rachel in South Wales uh, says, Villagers are very cliquey. It will take at least 40 years to be accepted. <laughs> I live in I live in one and moved into an expensive rental. On the first day of primary school, I was asked by one particular parent governor why I hadn't bought a house yet. Wow. So I was ev I was forever seen as just the renter on a different social level. Keep your dignity smile and don't get involved in tittle tattle. Oh, Rachel, you've been through it. I uh, tell you what, though, I'm going to give the uh, the Thomas and Scott naughty sparkling rosé to Cleo in Rochford for a very sensible, straightforward advice. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. They're here, ladies and gentlemen, my first guests of the day. You've seen them individually and loved them in lots of things. Now they're together. Aidan Turner and Jenna Coleman star in Lemons, 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 Lemons. I think it's five lemons uh, at London's... Uh, Harold Pinter Theatre. It starts on the 18th of January, runs to the 18th of March, and then it's off on tour. So, uh, welcome both. Thanks. Thanks. Hi. Yeah, there you go. That's we established voices. That was A. <laughs> the, lower the lower one was, one was me. <laughs> that was Jenna. Uh, right. So, uh, who wants to go? So, this is. It's. Um, is it a romantic comedy? Yes. I would say yes, it is. Okay, we've established that. Yeah. So lemons by how, how you could you don't say five lemons every time you talk about it, do you? We, we just say the one. The, the we, one. We have to say it a lot. So yeah. Okay. I say six sometimes by accident when you it's do? actually five. that happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite hard. I like the way you say it. Yeah. What? You said lem like you have yeah you seem to really enjoy Each the lemon gets the, the equal, lemons equal. lemons yeah. oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you oh, well thank you for having yeah. sadly overlooked again with casting but uh, <laughs> five lemons so uh, so talk to me about this play it's it seems to be very much about language and how we use language yes yeah effectively it's uh, well it's it's quite it's a it's a rom com insider concept so uh, and we see we we see uh, a relationship 
before a limit and after a limit. And it's set in a world where we have 140 words a day only to communicate to each other. So they invent a code and and we see, it's almost like seeing a relationship but distilled. And does saying love you mean the same as I love you? For instance. For instance. And just how we would communicate. I mean, uh, with that limit, what words do we use? How do we use them? Who do we use them with? Um, how it changes a relationship for the better sometimes and, and obviously um, there's times where it's not better. How um, do we row? How do we yes, fight? And do, so do you have to save your row for tomorrow? Possibly, yeah. or maybe you don't have the row because you save them. Maybe you've cooled down. Maybe that's a good thing. Because, I mean, I, I think in this day and age too where, where it's so easy to get angry and say a lot of things that last forever online, say, or things like that. So, I mean, I think it's there's a... Um, there's a con- uh, yeah, so I think they have to think about what they have to say. And what does it look like? Is it just are you just set in kind of a regular contemporary setting, or is it quite abstract? And we we have nothing but each other. Yeah, we can't <laughs> hide behind props, no furniture, no nothing. It's just us. The play originally uh, written by Sam Steiner was. Uh, I mean, that was the uh, that's it was conceived to do that to be able to travel quite freely to to fringe festivals and that just with two actors, nothing else. So um, we still we we kept that. There, there's there's a there's a set as such behind us, um, but we don't uh, interact with it. The play is very it's not chronological, so it, it in a in a way it is quite it's very physical and quite athletic, I guess. Yeah. Because we're jumping before pre-limit, post-limit. They're breaking up. They're back together. They're not talking. They have you know. So it's like you see you see the different over kind of a six-year span, um, and you drop in as the audience all the time at different sections within this six years. Yeah. So just to be clear, like as as uh, characters. <laughs> just, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. Thank no, you, that Jenna. Makes total sense. <laughs> Thank you, Jenna. No, no, no. Uh, let me just That's explain. That's not what I meant at all. Um, but, but the characters have more than 140 words in the entire play. There's a, a vast majority, I would say even more than half, the, the characters are, are existing pre-ban. Pre- in limit. summary, Pre-limit. it's a rom-com. <laughs> it's a rom-com. And do we ever find out why the ban has been put in place? Do we find out why? Yeah. Um, maybe. Okay. Maybe we do. Maybe we find out. Jenna? Whoa, you made that sound so cryptic. (laughs) Yeah, not creepy though, cryptic. (laughs) (laughs) Rom-com. The guy who wrote it is—is is it a man who wrote it? Yes. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Um, so he, like, what an amazing thing for him. Because, so he won the, the National Student Drama Award. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this play was put on. Uh, I think he wrote it. What two thousand? Did it go to Edinburgh in two thousand fifteen? Um, started off in in, uh, in Warwick. Um, yeah, he's amazing. I mean, Sam is still only twenty nine, I, I believe, which is just kind of um, baffling. So actually. so clever, and also it's a play. Uh, that was written obviously before Brexit, COVID, and you know, looking at a relationship under under yeah. these kind of shows. Yeah. There, there's something. It's it's unbelievable to think it was written before that time. Because tonally, it has that feel like it's it's, it's been written after. Yeah. Yeah. Eerie. Mm. It's weird how seeing things post COVID informs things. Like it you. It, it illuminates parts of stories that you hadn't seen before. Yeah, yeah, you, you see with different eyes. Um, and that's definitely when I read it first. I thought, like, how is this even possible that that this is that it, it was written under under that context? But um, but it is, and and it does. It resonates differently now. I think you know a, a play like this. And has he been COVID. involved in the, this production? He has. The writer. He's, yeah, I mean, which is so unusual to have a writer every day at, at rehearsals. <laughs> but yeah, because it, it's so it unusual. Yeah. <laughs> you again. Yeah. Hey. Um, no, it's been brilliant because it kind of feels like we're creating it again to a degree, you know, and we can ask questions and do all those kind of things that, that are really useful. And did either of you see it in production before? No. 
No. no. So is he kind of the keeper of the secret? Is he going to go, no, no trust me, this bit gets a big laugh or... <laughs> you know. Yeah, but kind of, but also it's almost like the forbidden, it's the thing that we don't ask, you know, like what was the previous... The, I want to ask all of those questions, but it's like, you know, what what did that person do before? Like, where was it? Yeah. But he, and, and Sam's actually great. This is very... It feels like this is a new reiteration of it. And I guess it's... I mean, how long, like nine years later? Yeah. Um, no, he doesn't share those things. I mean, we don't ask him and he doesn't tell us. Um, it really does feel like we're doing this for the first time, which is quite strange, but it does. And he's been in and opened the script back up as well. So it's, it, okay. is, it is it's different. So on the 18th of January, that'll be your first time. Or have you done kind of run throughs with a kind of a small invited audience or with the production people? We, or? we have not done that yet. No. So 18th is the first preview. Right. Wow, that's yeah. going to be wild. It is. So, and if people don't get to London before the 18th of March, stay where you are because it might be coming to you. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be from the 21st to the 25th of March. We're at the Opera House in Manchester. And from the 28th of March until the 1st of April, we're at the Theatre Royal in Brighton. Very good. Nicely done. Very read with such you. confidence. Yeah. That <laughs> sort of tapped into a radio thing there, I felt. That was <laughs> yeah. really, I like that. No, it was very good. Was yeah, good. yeah, yeah. You can listen back on the app. Yeah. You'll be really pleased. <laughs> um, and have you guys worked together before? No. No. So how, you know, because that, that terrible word, chemistry, did, did, they, did they kind of put you in a room and see if you got on? Or no. I, no, they did not. <laughs> They really should have done that. No. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. I mean, I, I, I think I was... Was I attached to the play before you were? I don't yes, know. you were. I probably agreed to do the play first, so... Um, yeah, and then... So Aidan didn't have a choice. So and then. <laughs> yeah, which was brilliant. And then, yeah, we just... I don't know, we got on. We met before, though, right? We met... We did meet before. We met at Wimbledon and um, my grandma kept touching your hair. That's right. I do remember that. Yeah. You won her over with um, sandwiches. In did the, I? I think it was egg crest sandwiches in the break. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Night classy, actually, Can I just say? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Crusts? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so that must have been quite daunting then to kind of on day one of rehearsals kind of go, can we, is there that spark? I think it probably is a bit scary sometimes, but I, and then I haven't thought about it. But like I don't, we just got on straight away. I think you just know with somebody. I suppose the producers and different people probably wouldn't put us together if they didn't know. I don't know. There's people who are better at this than actors making decisions like that. I don't know. Also, I just feel like the the play, like the material, the writing is 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 so good as well that I I, I yeah I haven't massively thought of no I didn't think it. of what would happen if you didn't get on with the person like that would be a nightmare yeah let's not think about that today no. at rehearsal. yeah we do get on very well we have a good laugh it's uh, that would be that'd be awful awful <laughs> awful for the next few months I always think that's I always think that's like the worst thing about being an actor is you don't get to decide who else is in the thing right right yeah but I suppose even on set or something you can avoid that person so you go and do the scene but if you're you know, doing a play, you're rehearsing every day for a month or longer, and yeah. you know you've, you you need to be. You know, it, it's it's me and you on a carpeted oval for an for hour and fifteen months. minutes for three months. Yeah. Oh, and actually, yes, we well, I discovered that during the during the song, we must alert people to that. <laughs> seventy five minutes straight through. Seventy five minutes, yuck, 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 laugh, 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 and you're out. And drinks, drinks, drinks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, lovely. That's <laughs> ideal, and great for you guys too, because that's sort of doable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the play itself is, is going to feel like a, a, a bit of a marathon and a sprint at the same time. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it'll... Uh, yeah. 
I keep saying it's an acting hit class. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. That's what it'll feel like. It's it's intense for us. But yeah, an hour yeah. and fifteen is a weekend. And because that. you both do so much on on TV and in film and stuff, is this what's this bit like? Is it more of the same, or does it feel like a very different job? Oh, this bit's so fun. I, this bit's yeah. This bit's my favorite bit. I yeah, think. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. It's terrifying too, though. I mean, it's nice to be scared. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you kind of miss that sometimes. I think when you when you don't have it, you know. I, I remember the very early days of doing TV and film stuff and being that feeling that feeling, um, and I don't know. Sometimes it dissipates over years. So this is yeah. This and is also very- that thing because it takes so long to film something. You can't stay nervous for months no and it's quite safe you know it gets edited and there's trusted people oh, yes, around and if you're the awful time. they'll do it again yeah, yeah like, go again. they just keep doing it until you get it so, right sometimes you watch things and go really this was as good as it got yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were no better takes yeah, i'm pretty sure i did a better one what is this <laughs> uh, tickets are available for uh lemons 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 i think i did too many uh, at lemonstheplay.co.uk it starts on the 18th of january at the harold pitter theater in london but then it is also going to Manchester up north and uh, Brighton down south. So uh, if you are in either of those places, you can enjoy it as well. Uh, Aidan and Jenna, thank you so much for coming in to see us today. Thank and you. good luck with it all. Thank uh, you. When, when are you actually getting into the, into the actual theatre? A week today. A week today. Yeah. Yeah, tech, a week today. Saturday. Woohoo! Woo. New Woo. year, new play. Excellent. All right, take care of yourselves, guys. Thank you very much for coming to see us. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Uh, welcome, Whoopi Goldberg. So <laughs> lovely to see you. And you. Uh, so, till uh, the, the movie. So, we should explain you're in this movie. I am. But you're not the star. No, I'm <laughs> the producer, <laughs> which is better for me. But you've, you've been trying to make this project for a long time. Yeah, you know, they kept saying no one wanted to see it, no one cared about the story. Uh, why would we want to bring up old things? And, I, and we'd say, you know, no one's made this movie, and we've spent a lot of time explaining to you that the reason people were able to know more kids, in particular able to know more about World War II, was because of the diary of Anne Frank. And this allows us to have that same feel for young people. Yeah. And they went, oh, and then George Floyd happened. And then they went, ah, we understand, we'll give you the money. And it's interesting, because in this country, we don't know the story of Emmett Till. What's it like in America? Do boys and girls learn about Emmett Till in school? No, you know, a lot of history of black people is truncated into they were slaves and then they weren't. So we're always fighting with all of the things that went on in America, particularly when it comes to racism, because it's racism's insanely old in America. You know, it's been there since the 1700s, and then before that with the Native Americans. So trying to get people to recognize that this is something that we have lived with, we as a nation have lived with and really not spoken about. And this particular incident really is the catalyst for the beginning of everything we've tried to do since, the sit-ins, everything. Yeah. At the core of this film is the lynching of this young boy, Emmett Till. Emmett Till whistled at a white woman in 1955 and was brutally murdered because of it. Because in 1955, we were not human beings in the South. We were not seen as mattering to anyone, so killing us off didn't mean anything. 
And so when this mother, who has sent her child down to see her cousins and family, mm-hmm. gets his body back, because they weren't going to send the body back to her. They send the body back to her. She, the coffin is opened, and which we don't see. What we see is how she responds to what she's seeing. And then we as an audience go with her to explore what this body now looks like. And her decision to show it, to not close the coffin, to leave the coffin open so everyone can see what was done to her son. And allow the photographs to be published And allow the photographs to be taken even, and then published. And it was the beginning of the civil rights movement because this image went all over the world. Everyone saw it. And uh, as listeners could tell, this is a harrowing story. But at its center is this luminous performance by Danielle Deadweiler. Listen, she is magnificent. But at its core, this is a story of an ordinary woman and her ordinary son who are thrust in extraordinary circumstances. And this actress is off the hook. You've never seen a performance like this. She is so beautiful. Incandescent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she makes it weirdly, like it's a pleasure to watch it oddly, even though it's such a grueling story. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and as a producer, I mean, obviously, Whoopi Goldberg, producer, open doors, you get the meetings. Are you hands-on beyond that? Oh, yeah, listen, let me tell you this producing group. Because <laughs> you would think that we would not have had to work 18, 19, 21 years to get this made. Barbara Broccoli, who you know. Yeah. There's a bond. Yeah. That's Barbara Broccoli, okay? <laughs> Fred Zolo, who did Mississippi Burning, and, and Keith Beauchamp, who is the reason this name of Emmett Till is still in our zeitgeist, as well as Mamie Till, because the movie's about a mother and son. Yeah. It's about a mother and son, and it's beautiful. And Michael Riley, who's just a fabulous writer. And Chinoya Chuku, who is the director, who decided that this movie needed to be seen by everyone. So she made a movie that invites you to bring people. You know it's a tough movie because it's a tough subject matter, but there's no fear. You don't need to be afraid to come see it. I have to say, this was the right time. I know it took us forever to get it made, but it feels like we made it at the right time. And, and it's interesting you say that thing about a movie for everyone and invite you in. Like the production design, it's sort of luscious. Yeah. The colors that it's like, it's, it's weird that the subject matter is so dark. Well, no, because that's what happens to ordinary people. Yeah. It happens to ordinary people who have great apartments and their kids have great rooms and their kids are really smart. And then something horrific happens and what do you do? She took that horror and made it into a movement that said we don't want to see any more kids go through this and she was a teacher she became a teacher after that i have uh, one of the things that danielle talks about is the fact that uh she was a teacher at her school it's ext- it's amazing wow. it's amazing that I mean, is amazing it's a it's a beautiful piece of work there's a, it's just beautiful um, now we, let's talk about your performance was there a time when you were going to play Mamie have you been working on it a thousand years ago when we first started I said yes I'm going to direct this and I'm also going to play Mamie 
and you had so much energy. <laughs> I had energy. I was, you know, I looked good. It was a whole thing. And then it began to take us a long time to get it done. And I thought, well, maybe it's me. Maybe they're afraid of a comic doing it. Maybe I, you know. But it wasn't. It was just they didn't think that the movie needed to be retold or told at all. And then come to now, and when I saw it, I thought, no, I could not have done what she did. I could not. I could not have directed this the way Chinoya did. I'm where I'm supposed to be. And you play the grandmother. Yeah. And now, have you, this is such a stupid question, <laughs> but because you look so different in it, have you ever acted in a wig before, or do you always use your own hair? Um, no, well, you know, sister act, that wasn't me. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, sister <laughs> yeah. act. Okay. But, um, you were in I a had, habit for that. We couldn't well, see your hair. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I was coming, uh, I had been very, very sick for a while. And so I'm on steroids. What you're seeing is me on steroids. That's why I look, and, and eyebrows. I don't have them, as you can see. <laughs> but um, it's the steroids and the eyebrows that literally changed the entire, my entire being. Yeah. Oh, wow. you, you are transformed in it. Yeah. 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 And does it kind of, you know, because you do The View, you're busy with that all the time, you, go, you don't get to do as much acting. I think no. people would like to see you in movies more. I would like to do more, but, you know, if you don't marry well, let's not really <laughs> talk about it. You know, if you marry well and, and, and you can take some time up. But I never married well and I step in pool all the time. So I always have to keep working because, you know, it just, I have to do it. And I... I'm so happy to get a job. I'm, you know, I just did something for Neil Gaiman, who I also love. You know, so I'm really fortunate because I have the career I want, the way I want it. Yeah. I get to look like me, I get to sound like me, and I get to be me. And also, I suppose it's that thing where people don't know you're open to offers because they see you on TV every yeah. day, so they think, yeah. oh, Whoopi's busy, she can't yeah. do this. I am busy, but you know, if a random Doctor Who came along, <laughs> I could do it. You know, I, I understand I'm not going to be the new black Doctor Who, but you know, Tom Baga says I can be in Doctor Who. So yeah, you could be related to the new Doctor Who. I think I could be Who's cousin. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Who's who? That's right. Uh, now, the movie, Till, it, it's been in America, now it's coming here, and it, I. There's a, a couple of things that shocked me at the end mm -hmm. of the movie. One was that so many of the protagonists in this movie, which you see as historical fiction mm -hmm. or a, 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 a historical uh, movie, they lived into this century. They died in the 20-somethings. Oh, yeah. yeah, and she's still alive. Mamie? No, no, the woman who uh, Emmett whistled at. She raised her two sons, yes, and, and she's still alive. And she never apologized to... Mrs. Mobley never said anything. She just raised her two sons, and she is still, you know, they found a warrant, uh, they, you know, because, again, Keith Beauchamp is, you know, he's always looking to, cause he wants to get this, he wants to get this thing from Amy. He wants to make, because Mamie's been gone now maybe 15 years. Yeah. But he wants to get it. He wants justice. And, no, he found a... a a piece of thing where he could, they could have, you know, brought her in and, and put her on trial, and they chose not to. Uh, and yeah. uh, presumably, now this movie's out, people have gone looking for her. Oh, everyone knows where she is. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's not, not moved. She's not hiding. No. And that's so chilling, isn't it, that this movie 
is so current. Mm -hmm. And we just, he just, with President Biden, passed the Emmett Till uh, anti-lynching law after 67 years. I mean, I saw that and I sort of didn't on, on it was. It didn't make sense what it was. Yeah. Yes, and that it would be passed now. Now, finally. You know what I want? I, I want, I want someone to say to her, how come you never apologized? Have you changed how you felt then? You know, you raised two children. Do you, do you ever feel bad that you were part of making a 14-year-old boy disappear? Um, listen, the, you're going to be in uh, in Till in cinemas from the 6th of January. Right. And obviously, we, can we see the view here? We can, can't we? I think so. Yeah, I and see then, YouTube. You fill yeah. my YouTube. <laughs> My, my algorithm my is very because <laughs> yeah. that's a live show, right? Most yeah. mornings it's live. Yes, it's live every day. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And so, how nervous does it make you, or do you just have to go? You know what? No, I'm on. Well, you know, I don't get. Ner I make everybody else gets nervous. I mean, everybody else is nervous. She's talking. Or, or you know, there's four of them, and one of them is going to step in something. You know, it's just. You know, it, it's it's a great gig. I'm really lucky. And it's, you know, we're in a world where you have to be cognizant, not careful. You have to be cognizant of what you're saying. But I think if we get back to people actually having to converse, which is what I liked, the, one of the only things I liked about the um, pandemic, is you had to talk to people. Yeah. And suddenly you're talking about things. You're explaining why, you know, I had to explain to my granddaughter. Uh, she said, what is this thing you always talk about with your mother on the phone? What, what, what's, the, what's the issue? I said, well, when I grew up, there was one phone in the house, and the adults were the only people who could answer it. You were not allowed to answer the phone. We had none of this, I have my own phone, I could do what I want. No, no. If they said you could talk, they'd hand you the phone. If they did not want you talking to that person, you didn't get the phone. And there was no, why can't I have the, no, because your face would be over here. <laughs> we didn't have any. And she said, really? I said, oh yeah. I said, your grandmother, man. I said, you I don't know the half of it. And do you remember we used to ring houses where they let the kids answer the phone? Yes. And you'd be like, oh, now I've got to talk to a yes, child. Yes, I have to talk to a kid. <laughs> never in my house, though. No, never in our no, house. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, Whoopi crazy? Goldberg, I could talk yes. to you all day, but we must Google. let you go. Right, uh, Whoopi Goldberg stars in Till. It is released in UK cinemas on Friday the 6th of January. It's a really important story, and I hope people see it. Thank you so much for talking to us, Whoopi. Thank you. I love you. Aww. There's more to come. Alex Kingston joins me to talk about a brand new production of Shakespeare's The Tempest. And we have a round of Guess the Guest. She's here, everyone. Yes, the trolley has been parked. Martha Collison is in the room. Hello, Martha. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, we, we, we're still saying it. Oh, I haven't seen you since before exactly. Christmas, yes, so I'm going to say. Of course, of course. <laughs> How was your Christmas? It was lovely, thank you. Yes. Wrestled with the biggest turkey I've ever seen in my life. I ordered a 10 kilogram turkey, which is quite big anyway. We're at the big end of the scale to yeah. feed 18 people. Got to the lovely little Devon farm that I was collecting it from. They said, oh, sorry, we only had a 12. <laughs> wow. So I thought, wow, this is such a win. More meat. But then when I got home and calculated how long it needed to cook and what time I then needed to get up, <laughs> I thought, actually... Also, I should have said no. But also, how big is your oven? <laughs> just about just big enough. And thankfully, it had to rest for a very, very long time because it was so big, so we could cook everything else in the, in the gap. 
Yes, I did that. Where did I go wrong with my ham? My ham, honestly, I was saying earlier, if I'd got a stone in the garden, it would have been... Oh, just no! Yeah, did I just overcook it? I mean, I feel like I need to find out more about the ham. I don't, well, it was... A, I don't know what it was. Was it glazed? I, I did put some honey and cloves on it at some point. Because sometimes that can go... But if that gets cooked too long with a glaze on, it can kind of, like, make a candy shell around the gammon. No, it certainly no, no, didn't it was, have a candy shell. It was, uh, no. was it hard through it was and through? just a oh, that's dry really old sad. lump. I'm sorry. It had cooking instructions on the packet, but which I, you know, on the plastic, which I followed. Maybe I miscalculated my kilograms. Well, this Christmas, we will do ham. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Planning ahead. Okay, planning ahead. <laughs> right, you are good. What have you made? I've, I've been talking about fritters all morning. So uh, what is a fritter? What sort of fritters are these? So these are some root vegetable and lentil fritters with poached <laughs> Happy eggs. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They, sat, the first half sounds a bit lame. I give you that. Root, veg and lentil, people think. Mm. Second half with poached eggs, oh. chilli butter and garlic yoghurt. Oh, you want yes. us back. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's worth staying alive. <laughs> um, what is a fritter? So a fritter, it's kind of a little bit like a pancake. So you've got your egg and flour in there, but then you grate something in. So you can get sweet corn fritters. Uh, well, not grated sweet corn, but sweet corn. Carrot fritters. This is a mixture of carrot, parsnip and onion. It's kind of like a hash brown. I feel like if I labelled this root veg hash browns, people would be keen. And that's basically what they are. So I would recommend them. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and uh, obviously it's vegetarian, uh, but you ca- could you vegan this up? No, because I know could... a lot of people are doing veganuary and uh, stuff. Yes. Uh, but you, to make a fritter, you can't make a fritter vegan. That's a good point because it's got an egg in it. Yeah. Uh, I do not have enough information. Sorry, that, sorry, I've crossed a line. No, no, also the serve <laughs> with the poached eggs really make this. So I feel I must, like I must say, it would be a bit without dry. A po- <laughs> Without you, the yogurt, without the poached eggs. Can I just say, this is this is heresy. I shouldn't say this, but you know, each week I have a, a nice picture of what you're going to make. Yes. Yours looks nicer than the picture. Oh, thank That's all you, I'll Graham. Say. I thank don't. You. I don't mean to insult anyone. I don't want to offend anyone. But I think yours is nicer than the picture. Uh, let's, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's start uh, talking. Let's do some eating, and then we'll find out how to make the root vegetable fritters with poached egg, chili butter, and garlic yogurt. How great does that sound? Mmm. I'm so happy, so happy. That is delicious, Martha. Thank you. Mmm. Uh, root veg and lentil fritters with poached eggs, chilli butter and garlic yoghurt. I could eat that all day. I know, me too. I absolutely love brunches like this. I was just mentioning to you during the song that my favourite brunch is Turkish eggs, which Nigella introduced me through to through her books, um, which is like warm garlic yoghurt with poached eggs and this like chilli butter that you pour over the top and then you scoop it all up with a bit of bread. And this is very similar, but it's got added veg in there as well, which mm. is just a win. No, it's properly... Because it, it sounds, you know, as you said, root vegetable and lentil fritter does sound a little healthy. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's so indulgent and gorgeous and lots of big flavours in mm. there. Lots of heat and then the dill on top and it's, oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, talk us through it. How do we make this? So we're going to start with our root veg and you can basically use any root vegetables that you've got lying around. If you've got them post-Christmas, you can use those as long as they're not too bendy. <laughs> yeah, parsnips can age. <laughs> Yeah. So you want parsnip and carrot. Give them a really good scrub um, because we're not going to peel them because you don't need to in a recipe like this. The skin is so thin and it just adds a little bit of extra fibre. Okay. But make sure they're clean. Give them a grate and grate an onion as well. Then we're going to mix that together with one egg with a can of lentils that we drain. um, Waitress essential lentils. Drain those. Mix that all together with some smoked paprika, some plain flour and some seasoning. All happens in one bowl. And then we're going to fry those off in a little bit of oil. They take about three minutes on each side. Like little patties. 
Yeah, like little patties, and they should hold themselves together because lentils are quite good at sticking things together. Um, and whilst they are frying, we're going to poach some eggs. So stick on a big pan of water. I like to poach eggs by cracking them into a little bowl and then pouring them onto a little slotted spoon over the sink. Because the hard thing about poaching is when you get all that kind of fluffy white floating yeah. in the water. Yeah. If you do it over a slotted spoon in the sink, all of the kind of white that's degraded a little bit will drain away. And you'll just be left with the good solid white and the yolk. Okay. Put that into your pan of water. You don't need to add any vinegar or do any swirling. You just sl- slip it in three or two, four minutes and they should hold themselves together really nicely. That's how I do my poached eggs. Uh, where do you stand on the microwave poached eggs? Oh, I don't think I've actually ever tried it. Oh, you not done It's really good. Oh, you I have need to, to do this. You get a little ramekin of room temperature water, not cold water, room okay. temperature water, and uh, you crack in the egg into the little ramekin of, yes. of room temperature water. And then you microwave it, and you need to experiment a bit. Uh, you know, it might be 50 seconds, it might be one minute 10. <laughs> that sounds like you've had a few exploded Yeah, well, no, you just, you know, you know you, it all depends on the size of the egg, your yes, power, yeah. how strong your microwave is, da, da, da. And, uh, and there it is, and your it poached is, egg. And it's ready. And, and it's perfect. <gasps> I'm going to try that. We're going to have to get you to do this week's top tip. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not filming it anymore. (laughs) Uh, No, um, a hairdresser friend of mine uh, taught me that because uh, he used to do it in his break time. They didn't have a cooker or anything, but they would poach eggs put on toast for the breakfast on a Saturday. That is a great idea. Yeah, well, good. you could poach your eggs in the microwave, you can poach them in a pan. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst that's happening, you're going to mix together some garlic with some yoghurt, just grate a clove of garlic into some yoghurt and give it a bit of seasoning and a bit of dill in there as well. Mm. Mix it all together. And then when your fritters are out of the pan and into your onto your plate, put in a knob of butter, a little bit of chilli flakes and a bit of smoked paprika, which turns this lovely golden colour. And then we're going to pile it all up on a plate, pour over the chilli butter. And it's such a good recipe. And it's part of the Waitrose Super Saver group of recipes that you can find on the website. So it's less than £2 a portion. It would actually make a good dinner as well if you were kind of feeling like that kind of thing. Cause it's got enough different nutrients in there for and you. And it's so, uh, like, because as I say, it sounds a bit worthy, but it's so like a big comfort food. It's yes. just gorgeous. For sure. It's like, it's more like dal. It's got that dal vibe to it with the vegetables and the lentils yeah. rather than kind of that, that vegetable super vibe <laughs> that yeah. sometimes you can get yeah it, it's not christmas at the workhouse it no. really is delicious <laughs> i i want to stop talking so i can get back to finish it <laughs> it's so good uh, that recipe uh is available on the uh waitrose hub on the waitrose website you can just go to waitrose.com slash show chef and you can get that recipe and indeed all the recipes prepared by martha you could also check out the recipe on our socials at virgin radio uk where there'll be a lovely picture and such like you can see the visual feast before you taste it yourself <laughs> uh, I'll see you tomorrow uh, sweet or savoury tomorrow yes something sweet with marmalade <gasps> marmalade mm. marmalade you say <laughs> marvellous I look forward to that uh, thank you very much Martha you take welcome. care uh, bye bye the Graham Norton radio show with Waitrose food to feel good about Virgin Radio Martha is here hello Martha hello uh, this looks all morning, I've been telling people, uh, <laughs> this is the winter warmer they need. This is it the is. thing they will want to go and make this now and have it tonight in front of the fire watching telly. Uh, what have you made for us? It absolutely is. I was leaving Brighton this morning and it was windy and rainy and I thought, this is the day of making something appropriate for the weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a steamed marmalade pudding with a big jug of hot custard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it looks so impressive because you brought it in and it's kind of, you know, it's the bowl shape, you've tipped it out, it's gorgeous. Uh, It looks quite difficult to make. 
It's actually really easy to make. And a lot of people have a pudding mould that they use at Christmas for a Christmas pudding and then it goes back in the cupboard and it doesn't come out again until the next year. So it's nice to give it a use, especially in the first week of January. I know, first week of January. Turn come over a new leaf, get, on. It, get it out of the dishwasher. Oh, <laughs> Fill it up. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. And now, did you... You didn't make your own custard. I didn't make my own custard. I let Phew. waiters make the custard. Thank God for that. <laughs> I could have done because I've been here a long time waiting for it to steam. <laughs> But I tried out your poached egg recipe instead in the microwave in the kitchen. And? And it was, it looked incredible on the outside. Yeah. It was a bit hard in the middle, so I think I did it too long. But as you said, it, keep yeah. testing Trial it and out. error, because it's your own microwave. So once you find out what your microwave needs... But then I was impressed. It was, yeah. it was great. So How easy. long did you put it in for? Uh, it's one of those weird microwaves that has like a dial rather than a oh. enter in. So it was about <laughs> about a minute, about a minute and five seconds. Okay. Try 50 seconds. 50, okay, yeah, next 50. time 50. I reckon 50. that would have been on the money. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> so. Back to marmalade. <laughs> what, yes, sorry, sorry. No, we've, been, we've been distracted. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, is this... Because you made marmalade. Last year, yeah. I made... I know, I should have made more because then I could have used it today. Yeah, but you've <laughs> I, run out. I have not made marmalade yet. I feel like the Seville oranges for marmalade come into shops about this week, this week or next week. So if you're a marmalade maker, go and get them. Because they're only in season for a very short period of no, time. No, I remember you telling us this last year, and I had no idea that this happened. So, yeah, there's a big glut of mm. these Seville oranges, and now's the time to make your marmalade. Absolutely. But I've used a um, Waitrose Blood Orange marmalade in this one. It's got a little bit of a kind of, not raspberry flavour, but it's got a slight kind of tang to it that you don't get from a regular orange. Get out of town! <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to eat some uh, steamed marmalade pudding. It's so lovely, Martha. And not as as kind of uh, heavy as I thought it would be. Not as dense. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought I might feel like I'd eaten a cannonball, but actually it's there's a lot of air in it. Yes. I guess that's the steam. Yes, absolutely. Steam is a really lovely way of cooking. It's really gentle, um, so it creates a really lovely kind of almost velvety texture in a sponge rather than that, that kind of super light texture yeah, yeah. like when you bake it. But the thing I most love about steaming is that every bite, regardless of whether it's at the outside or the middle, tastes like the inside of like a chocolate cake or a, a, a cake. You know, the best part of a pudding for me is like that, that gooey bit in the middle. Mm. The whole cake tastes like that. The, the gooey whole pudding. bit, yes. <laughs> oh, enough chat. How do we make it? <laughs> so... Um, it's actually really simple to make a pudding like this. It takes time in the steamer, but it's so simple. I was thinking if you were going to serve this after a roast dinner or something, this is the ideal thing because it literally takes five minutes to throw together and then it just sits in the steamer and it's very forgiving steam. You can leave it in there an extra half an hour and it won't it won't complain. Okay. And neither will your guests. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to start by taking yourself a pudding basin and we're going to butter that liberally so that it doesn't get stuck and then put three tablespoons of your favourite marmalade into the bottom. If you don't like marmalade, you could use jam. This is a really flexible recipe. Then we are going to take a separate bowl and add everything else to that. So you want self-raising flour, tiny bit of salt, some breadcrumbs, baking powder, some... I use vegetarian... Breadcrumbs? Yes. Who knew? Breadcrumbs. I think they keep it extra moist and they add a bit more body okay. to the butter. So they yeah. go in. Um, and then some suet. So you can use beef suet or you can use vegetarian suet. And I've used vegetarian in this. Um, but it's so cheap and it can sit in your cupboard for a very long time. So you can have that on hand. <laughs> <laughs> this, this suet hadn't, I assure you. But it can. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then some caster sugar, an egg, a bit of golden syrup and some milk. Mix it all together. doesn't need creaming, doesn't need any of that kind of faff that you might need to do with butter. doesn't even need heat. You literally just mix it all together, tip it into your prepared tin, 
cover it with a little hat made from tin foil and baking parchment. Okay. Tie it tight. And then if you've got a steamer, pop it into that. You can also pop it into a pan of boiling water, just a little bit in the bottom and put the lid on. It needs to steam for two hours. Wow. So quite a long time. So you need to check the water so, in case. Yeah, yeah, keep checking the water. If your lid is heavy enough, it shouldn't escape, so you should be okay. Um, the best way to cook a steamed pudding, with a gadget that a lot of people now have, is a slow cooker. Oh, right. So f- instead of two hours, it needs four hours. So, you know, put, make it a little bit ahead of time. But literally, you just put it into your slow cooker, pour water so it comes about a third of the way up, stick the lid on four hours later... You'll have a lovely steamed pudding. Wow. Is a steamer like a bain-marie? Yeah, similar. Um, it kind of, the water is supposed to touch a bit more of the, of the basin. So okay. it's basically just, yeah, just giving it a nice watery hug. Okay. Warming it up from the inside out. But yeah, two hours and it, you can just stick a skewer in the top. If it comes out clean, then it's ready. If not, put the hat back on, put it back in for a little while. But very forgiving. It won't sink and do so horrible things. So it won't things. burn or anything. Yeah, it won't yeah, yeah, burn, yeah, yeah. it won't sink and it won't dry out. <laughs> that is gorgeous. And then you heat up your custard and then it's on. It, it looks so impressive. Absolutely. You tip it out. You've got to be careful when you tip it out that you don't splatter that hot marmalade all over yourself. Nobody wants to be splashed with hot marmalade. But, so no. leave it to set just for a minute or two once it comes out and then invert it and serve it. And it does look really special. Yeah. That is a crowd pleaser. A crowd pleaser. Uh, if you want that recipe, you can go to the Waitrose Hub on the Waitrose website, waitrose.com slash showchef, to see uh, that recipe and indeed all the recipes provided by Martha. If you want to see it, if you want to see it, then head to our socials at Virgin Radio UK, where you'll see it's, I mean, it is spectacular. It's really lovely. Hey, you. Oh, thank you. Well done, you. <laughs> thank you, thank very, you very much. much. I feel bad that I've had my pudding before anything else, but <laughs> there you go. I did. Uh, all right, we'll see you next weekend. Have a lovely time. Yes, yeah, see you next all weekend. All right, have a great weekend. Uh, any theme next weekend? Oh, I actually can't remember. Okay, fair January enough. Sorry, brain. sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, January Something break. Tasty. <laughs> the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Alex Kingston, hello. Now, you open on the 26th of January. Yes, this month. Oh. Wow. And you're there till the 4th of March, so it's wild. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, I mean, it's not as long as the contracts used to be. Um, this is a, a, a sort of a particularly uh, unusual year, so the, the plays are all just like six-week runs um, with the sort of the, the title and the dynamic of this season being Power Shifts. Okay, and I, I, what I like about the, the idea, of, I obviously haven't seen it, but the idea of this performance is that that idea that Shakespeare is so good that you can look at him through a kind of any lens and the plays work. Yeah. So this Tempest is very kind of of the moment. This temp- Well, it's of the moment. Firstly, um, it's the first time that there's been a full um, production uh, p- with a woman playing Prospero. Um, so, you, you know, you. me, yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I'm stepping in some very, very sort of big shoes, sort of the titans, theatrical titans of the past. I, you know, I know very well who's played this part and uh, it's a bit intimidating. But actually, uh, re- rehearsing... It feels so right that uh, Prospero is a woman. Um, there's very a few examples in Shakespeare of sort of really strong storylines between a mother and a daughter. So it's a wonderful opportunity to tell this story uh, 
through the eyes of a mother and a daughter's experience on an island and, and what that means. And it really changes the play. And, and uh, yeah, and as I say, it f- just feels so right. And it, to me, the play makes much more sense. And the idea of it being The Tempest, I mean, weather is also front and centre here. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely got... Uh, it's a play which addresses sort of um, how hu- human beings treat each other um, and also how human beings treat the world, the planet, nature. Uh, so there, there's quite a strong environmental bent on, on in our production. We've got a, a local um, community, they're called um, Rubbish Friends, and uh, they've been going around picking up rubbish off the beaches, off out of the River Avon, and um, we use that rubbish. So they, they clean shocked. it first. I'm shocked <laughs> to hear there's rubbish in the River Avon. <laughs> yes. yes, I know there Old is. Are see programs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so they've taken they've taken that rubbish, they've cleaned it for us. Nice. Nice, yes. Yeah. So um health and safety. Um <laughs> uh and um, but we incorporate it into the show. Uh and, and like things- can you tell like if I go to see it, does the set will I look at the set and go, oh look, that appears to be an old pram or there's a kind there's of. a car tire. Yeah, kind of actually. Oh, okay. Uh and it, uh rubbish is also incorporated into our costumes. Um and uh, it, it sort of I mean if you if you we've all seen the sort of horrific images of uh you know, rubbish in the Arctic, rubbish on gorgeous beaches, uh birds, animals sort of, you know, um, pierced with uh, earbuds or toothpicks or whatever. Yeah. So all of those elements are going to be um, the audience will be reminded of of those elements that we are actually currently living and having to acknowledge and deal with. And when kind of people do this thing with Shakespeare, where they, you you take a, a, a something and you kind of put it on top of the tempest. Yeah. Are there bits of it? Where you kind of think, oh, should we cut this out now because this doesn't make any sense, or are you finding ways round it all? Yeah, it, it actually we've cut very little, um, and even things like, I mean, I'm still addressed as my lord or sir um, uh, or master, um, and I wanted to keep those elements in because I actually felt like, you know, this is a woman who has nevertheless to to be powerful and to hold on to that power and not let it be diminished, and I felt, you know. If we change it to milady or you know miss, <laughs> then, Ma'am. yeah, yeah, then all of a sudden she's reduced in a way which uh, is not helpful. So she needs to hold on to that strength, and and also Duke of Milan. I'm still the Duke of Milan. The Queen was a duke. You know, just because you have a title, the title isn't then feminized. Um, yeah. it it re- it retains. It, you know, the original title. So I am Duke of Milan. And is this your kind of return to Stratford? Have you been, have you worked there since the early 90s? No. Um, I, and I hadn't been back. So it was very strange for me because everything was very familiar, but also had really changed. And also, strangely, it felt like I'd only been there two weeks ago. I mean, uh, rather than 
30 something years ago <laughs> but also so, the, the first time you were there you know you, you were playing good parts but you were kind of a jobbing actor yeah you know you weren't alex kingston uh, <laughs> so what's it like back you know now I'm playing, I'm playing Prospero. And, you know, does I, it feel good? It feels really good. I, I'm not Alex Kingston when I'm there. I'm just part, you know, part of the company. I still feel absolutely just like a, a member of the RSC. And uh, it's an amazing company. The, the actor who is playing the King of Naples, Alonso, he was with me back in the 90s um so that's really when we talk we laugh about the fact that we feel literally like it was only yesterday um and you know that's time isn't it oh yeah <laughs> you can be seen on the uh, small screen because you're currently on netflix i am yes in a show called treason uh, what's treason um uh, well what is what does treason mean or you, <laughs> you know, I, uh, let's take that as uh, red, red. Yeah. Uh, so it, well, it's a um, it's a thriller uh, it's um, about uh, MI6 the government uh, Russia uh, very topical in fact actually the the first day we started production started filming was the day Russia invaded Ukraine well, that must be so weird it was very weird because two of our actors one was Ukrainian and one's Russian so it, it sort of suddenly uh, became very, very sort of live for us, the situation. And for those two particular actors, it was a very, very difficult time. Um, but then on top of that, uh, uh, I'm playing, um, I'm playing um, um, the uh Home Secretary? Was I a Home Secretary of Force? I can't even remember. Yeah. But but uh, basically... A, a very important politician. A very important politician. <laughs> but basically, in a... Um, uh, um, a shift in in um, the government. So um, I was looking with another character to um, become PM. Uh, and so, again, it was like... Um, oh, no, I was Foreign Secretary because I was Liz Truss. Uh, OK. Uh, <laughs> ish. <laughs> but so it, it was like we were filming and as we were filming, it was like art imitating real life because we had um, the war in, in Ukraine, but also we had our own sort of huge drama in the government. Um, and the same thing was playing out on on the script. So, and it was really weird because the direct uh, the writer he didn't have intel that any of this was going to happen it was just this really oddest oddest uh time and was it an original script or was it based on a book or something no original script um matt charman um who wrote uh, bridge of spies the, the movie he wrote the um the series and uh it's really good it's very taut tense and there are a lot of uh um, a lot of sort of uh, flips or switches in the story that you just do not see coming. And for you, you know, you've worked on a big American network show, you've worked for the BBC in, in Doctor Who, and now Netflix. Is there a difference? Do you know? Can you tell who you're working for when you're making something? Uh, I've never done a, a Netflix show before, so I that I don't know. I mean, you can certainly tell or at least you used to be able to tell in terms of craft service. Oh, yes. Um, yes, there was a big difference. <laughs> that's between, the grub table. That's, that's the, the grub food table, table yeah. yeah. Be, the BBC craft <laughs> service in comparison to NBC. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, it, for me, it's just more about the quality of the scripts. 
um, and uh, if you've got a sort of a really sort of strong juggernaut of a of a machine supporting you, um, I think on the whole you 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 know you get really really well researched, really really good good scripts, good script writing. Um, uh, whereas I think sometimes. Um, with television that's let's say a little bit more generic things can sort of slide a bit more in terms of the writing which isn't quite so satisfying for an actor and also i suppose maybe i'm wrong but i would have thought when you're working for nbc there was more kind of executive sniffing around and all of that sort of stuff well you see it's funny because you'd think that but i felt it was actually almost the opposite it's almost like they're so confident as a company, as a brand, that they let you get on with it. Also, you were in an enormous hit. Yeah, it was a big hit. Yeah, so they, 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 they yeah, if you've got ER, you just let it happen. Yes. <laughs> Don't yeah. mess with it. But even actually, even with with treason, uh, I mean, they, the, the, the sort of the, the producers were there, but they sort of let you get on with it. It, it felt like they were um, completely confident in the director, in the actor's abilities, and they just let you let you uh, just finish your day's work. Whereas I have been in other other shows where there is constantly, uh, you know, you could see people sort of behind the shoulders of the director sort of um, picking at them. And uh, and that's that's not helpful, actually. I can't imagine. It must be horrible. Yeah. Have it. Yeah. After every take, yes. people just whispering, whispering in your ear. Exactly. Could we try one more? Where? Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Exactly. Really horrible. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> well, how nice you're going to be in a play. It actually, I is know. it? Has it been a while since you've done a play? Well, uh, yes. Well, it had been a while, but then just before the pandemic, the year before the pandemic, I came back and I did two plays in one year. I did a play in the West End in, um, called Admissions, um, and then I was at the Nottingham Playhouse. Um, uh, working there, so it, uh, yeah, so it's nice. I feel like I'm, I'm really getting back and and um, treading those boards. Oh, it's fabulous. Which are you in the? Are you in the main house at the RC? Yes, we're in the main house, um, which has changed enormously. And when I was there, it was just a traditional cross art stage, and now it's it's um, you know much more inclusive of the audience, and uh, um, it's a little bit like the Swan. So it's got that. Or, or which is a little bit, I suppose, like the globe. It, you know, it feels more, and um, the audience are around you, like in a studio space. But and is there big... any thought that it might come into London? Because uh, the RSC used to have a kind of a London season, but no more. The, yeah, they used to have a London season, and that's the one thing I'm actually a bit sad about, um, because. Uh, I, you know, I actually, I think actors love that shift from from going from the home of Shakespeare, but then bringing bringing the plays into London. I don't know. I don't know what the the conversations are sort of in in back rooms. Uh, I guess <laughs> I guess it really depends on how good I am, <laughs> what the critics think. You'll be marvelous, darling. You'll be marvelous, uh, Prospero. Uh, it starts on well, uh, the Tempest starts on the twenty sixth of January, runs to the fourth of March in Stratford upon Avon. You can get tickets at rsc.org.uk and Treason is streaming now on Netflix. Thank you so much for joining us, Alex Kingston. Thank you. It's so nice to see Go you. Go enjoy your Sunday. Have a lovely time. Thank you. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, um... Guest. Guest. Yep. Guess the guest. This is the guest we're trying to guess. Well, I mean, you know, everyone was a garage MC at one point. Everyone was like... <laughs> you know... <laughs> I loved a bit of that. <laughs> 
Okay, if somebody correctly identifies that voice, they will win a Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box uh, containing that reusable drinks cup and then champagne, truffles, Florentine shortbread, jam and balsamic vinegar. Let's head to the phones. First up, I believe, is Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Graham. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very relaxed. Very good. Good. Be relaxed. You're confident. Yeah. You got this. You got this, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. Where, where, where are you today? We're heading back to Cardiff. We've been to Ragsdale Hall for a spa weekend. Well, so you no wonder you're relaxed. It'd be, yeah. it'd be quite bad if you were quite tense, tense and stressed after yeah. your spa weekend. Uh, what treatments did you get done? Um, a rejuvenate facial, um, some Reiki, hypnotic Reiki, and a full body massage. Oh my goodness! They won't, they won't yeah. know you in Cardiff. <laughs> Who <laughs> no, they is it? Me. <laughs> it? Looks like Rachel's younger sister. My goodness. <laughs> All right, Rachel, let's see if we're going to give you that big Waitrose gift box. Uh, who do you think that voice belongs to? I think it's Lenny Henry. I, well, I must say, I, I, I would have said this, so let's find out if we are right. Is it Lenny Henry? <gasps> oh, oh Rachel. Oh, Rachel. <laughs> Oh, don't, don't, don't scrub your face in disappointment and ruin it all. <laughs> remain calm, remain calm. I'm oh, calm. I'm so sorry. Uh, enjoy the rest of your journey home. Take care of yourself. You. Happy New Year to you, Rachel. Bye. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thanks, Graham. Bye. Bye. Cheers, cheers, cheers. All right. Uh, let's go over to Liz. Hello, Liz. Hello. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Where are you, Liz? Um, I'm in Elsford in uh, Kent. Oh, right. And what are you up to do on this Sunday? Um, we're just having a relaxing Sunday. We're just taking the dog for a walk and we're just about to have lunch. <gasps> nice. Well, you've done something. I was going to say you're doing nothing today, but you've taken a dog for a walk and somebody's cooked lunch. So already, already yeah. you, you're full of achievements. Uh, Liz, let's find out if we're going to give you that Waitrose gift box. Who do you think that voice belongs to? Is it Idris Elba? Is it Idris Elba? Let's find out. Oh, it's very tense. It's very tense. <gasps> it is Idris Elba! Well done, oh, you, for getting that. Oh, well, look, th- th- you've walked the dog, you've made lunch, and you've won a Waitrose gift box. Uh, well done, you. Anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're on the radio? Oh, yes, it's, I'll uh, say hello to my son, Dougal, and Doug, and my mum, and um, John... And everyone else who knows me. Oh, Liz, thank you so much for playing. Congratulations. I'm delighted for you. Thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. And hey, make sure you're following us on our socials at Virgin Radio UK to see everything from Graham's Guide to gorgeous dishes from show chef Martha. Speak soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.